0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I am with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. I've missed you, and I've, I've missed our show. We haven't been able to take calls for a couple of weeks. So today, we're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're just going to hang out here until some folks contact us. Allison, how was racing the other day? I saw some of your photos on social media.
2: It was fantastic. Um, so I did autocross racing down at the NOAA. Motorsports Park down in Avondale, Louisiana, which is outside of New Orleans, and there were 50 different drivers there, um, a few less cars, and then, you know, there was a lot of competition there. There were a lot of little Miatas zipping around all over the place, and um, there was a lady there that raced with me that is a three-time national champion. And um, she had the second best time of the day there. She did awesome. So she'd been racing for a long time, and she was able to ride with me and give me some tips and pointers, and uh, she, was, she was amazing. So um, there was a lot of talent there, and uh, it was a lot of competition. I ended up coming in on just time alone without any handicaps added. I was um, 27th out of 50 people. So not too bad, I
1: hope. (laughs) Excellent. And, you know, I think for everybody, we can safely say 2021 will have to be better.
2: Yeah, well, of course it's going to be better. It
1: can't get worse. I'd like to think. (laughs) Let's go to the phones. We've got a call, and it's Rim who has called in from Stanton. Rim, what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect? Thanks for calling
0: in. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a wonderful show. Um, I got an 80-model Chevy pickup truck, four-wheel drive and the transmission went out, automatic transmission, it got rebuilt. And after that, uh, when I have it in, in four wheel drive and it's pulling, it starts to knock real bad. I took it back to the shop and they put like mechanical ears or digital ears on it to the ear where it was coming from. They thought it was the transfer case. The transfer case got rebuilt and it's still doing that. And they have no idea what the problem can be.
2: Well, oh, goodness. Uh I'm not real sure either, Ram. Um, possibly your differential is acting up. But if this happened if it wasn't knocking before the transmission got rebuilt and now it's knocking after the transmission got rebuilt, then I assume it's the transmission.
0: That's what I thought. And they had it they actually had my truck for almost a year. And they took the transmission out again and checked everything. They said everything was fine. So then they said in the transfer case, it barely had a little, it had had some metal in it, but hardly anything. But they decided to rebuild it anyway. And, you know, it didn't fix it. And it's an 80-model truck, but it only has uh, 105,000 miles on it. So it's not, and it's hardly ever been in four-wheel drive. You know, hardly been used for that matter.
2: Hardly, hardly been used. Um, I'm wondering now if maybe you should take it to someone else and get a second opinion on that. Because someone who had it for a year—that's crazy. It doesn't take anywhere near that long to
0: diagnose a, uh, a problem. I know. I know. Or, I know or because supposedly, like, it's supposedly, it's like a, a warranty job, and and you know, that's they worked on it whenever they felt you know when they had time, I guess. But it was ridiculous.
2: No, that's when you start threatening to sue or something like that. Um, honestly, that that took way too long for them to to handle that situation. Um, in this case, you might want to uh, threaten a you know calling a lawyer or something like that to get them to get it right. But the thing is, I don't know if I trust them to work on it anymore. So exactly. this that, may be a situation where you yeah where you take it somewhere else and start from scratch and see if if they can help you out with the situation.
0: Okay. All righty. Well, thank you very much. And uh, that, that was kind of my, my thoughts, but I wanted to have a second opinion on that part.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rem, yeah, we appreciate you that. calling in. Thank you, and, and right. good luck with that.
0: Thank you. Have, y'all have a fantastic show. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Uh, you know, speaking of recalls, we've ha- we've re- talked. That's kind of been the fall theme uh, for autocorrect. We've had a number of people call in and and talk about getting recalls. And I saw this wonderful article. It was um, the a AAA. The car doctor for Northeast, uh, the Northeast part of America. He was out of Boston. Were you able to look at that article, Allison? I couldn't get
2: it to pull up on my phone and and look at it, but I I did. Uh,
1: you said you got the gist of what it was and sent that to me. Well, well, so yeah, I'm they said that, that uh, and he, oh, and here I also learned a, a terminology. This is why it, sometimes it's good to listen to things rather than just read them. The, it's NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. People call that NHTSA. And this AAA guy was talking to NHTSA, and it said safety recalls have no expiration date and are performed at no charge to the current owner. And the only time there might be a charge is if there are parts that were badly rusted or damaged that needed to be removed to get to the recall component. And in that case, the current owner would be responsible for uh, the associated parts, and we want to, you know, we'll get to this a little bit later, but we do want to remind everybody to, whether this you're the first owner, the second, or the fifth owner of a vehicle, if you go to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, uh, and you can put in your VIN number, you can find out if there's a recall, or they have a handy-dandy free app It's called Safer Car App, and you just put in the VIN number uh, for your vehicle, your mama's vehicle, your kid's vehicle, your neighbor's vehicle if they want it, and it'll give you an update if there is a recall for that VIN number. We want you to call in. Folks, we're just hanging out waiting for you to call or email today. Send us your questions by email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, speaking of emails, we got a email the day we had the Edmonds guy talking about trucks. And we'd had someone call in, I think a couple of times, maybe their name was Jan. I forgot to look it up. Anyway, um, Gene Emailed, this is a suggestion for the lady looking for a small truck as a run around town with a few cleaning supplies in the back to use in her business. I remind her to strongly consider the height of the bed for her purposes. I'm hanging on to a 1999 Sonoma s10 type simply because it is naturally low to the ground the bed walls and tailgate are not much higher than waist and at five foot eight i can flat footedly reach to the center of the bed from the sides the single cab with a six foot bed actually has more room than most late models If she has to lower the tailgate and crawl into the bed on her knees to retrieve those supplies at every job site, she's going to absolutely hate it and she will be exhausted at the end of her day. The height of most of the newer compact pickups is so increased that I had rather purchase an older model and have it completely reconditioned rather than live with something that I need a ladder or have to lift over my head to load it. And then Jean says, thanks, love the show. I'm with the callers today who would love to buy a brand-new car today with 1990s technology.
2: I have to agree there. I love the 90s cars. They were um, more simple. And, and in 96, they started with the OBD-2 where you could diagnose them better, and um, which is a computer upgrade Um and they were just—it um, just seemed better made, better made back then.
1: I, I still, it just baffles me this love affair people have with trucks. We went to go get something to eat and went through the drive-through, and then pulled into a parking spot and sat and ate it, it facing a busy uh, road, and. Every single truck was an extended cab truck, and so the bed for the truck was teeny tiny. And the whole purpose of having a truck is so that you've got a big bed, but I guess they don't really need the bed maybe it's a status i don't know it it confounds me and i'd love people to call in today to uh uh, convince me on why they love their truck let's go uh, to the calls and to the phone and talk to rebecca who's called in from brandon rebecca thanks for calling in to autocorrect today what's your comment or question
3: uh yes i have a it's a 1995 Jeep Cherokee SE, and I recently got a GM, a GM Hummer, and the battery in the Hummer went went dead, so I went down to one of the parts places, and I asked them if the batteries were uh, interchangeable because the battery I had in my Jeep that I don't drive very often was pretty much brand new, and they said it was, so I just swapped, took the battery out of the Jeep and put it in the Hummer, and I put the Hummer's battery in the Jeep. And uh, recently, because I tried to go out and, and, you know, run the Jeep periodically because it sits a lot, and I charged the battery up in the Jeep, which had been in the Hummer, and it took the charge. And the first couple of times it started, my Jeep started, and I ran it around and uh, to kind of clean it out. And, but then the last two times when I went to uh, charge up the, the battery in the jeep, um, it, it showed that it was charged. And when I went to start the jeep, it didn't start. But this noise came from the, from the engine, like it wouldn't, like it was like, and it wouldn't stop. Almost like maybe the starter engaged and it wouldn't stop. And it wouldn't. I got no juice or anything. So I ended up jumping it off just so I could drive it around a little bit. And so that was about two months ago. And then the other day I went out to do it again. And even though the battery showed it was charged, when I turned the key on in the Jeep, it did this. I heard this. And like I said, I can take the key out and it still keeps doing it, that noise. And so I tried to jump it again because it worked the last time. And this time, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even take a jump. And I'm just wondering what what that noise could be. Where even though I turn the ignition switch on, and, and it starts doing it. Matter of fact, I think when I when I hook the uh, jumper cables up, it started making that noise. It, like, and, okay. and, and it almost sounds like the starter's trying to
2: engage. The starter solenoid maybe is trying to engage and it's maybe it's, it's just it's getting enough power to engage but not to crank it over. But um it's it sounds like that battery worked for a little while it is not working anymore. So might want to go ahead and get a new battery for that for the Jeep. But um yeah, They
3: told me the two the two were interchangeable and the battery that had been in the Jeep that I put in the Hummer working great. But maybe the battery from the Hummer to the Jeep
2: isn't something's
3: different. But well, did well, you that s- battery
2: you knew was going bad, so it maybe it, it hung in there a little bit longer, but it went ahead and went bad. Um, so yeah, that's just, possibly yeah. what's going on.
3: What would cause that? You know that noise <clears throat> under the hood. It sounds like it's coming from under the hood, but like I said, I think it almost sounds like the The starters engaging and just goes. What
2: would cause it? It could be the key. It could be the starter solenoid is making that noise, and then once it once it doesn't, you take the key out and it's still doing it. It's still stuck in that position and making that noise. Mm. That that could be it. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Okay, so
3: probably I just need to put a battery a new battery in the Jeep and and. uh, start from there hopefully i haven't damaged i was thinking i hope i didn't damage the
2: computer or something in the jeep i i hope not too i don't think that you have (laughs) because it's just the amperage difference but i kind of don't like the idea that they said just to switch it out and that it's the same battery because it could be different amperages and even though it's the same looking battery um You know, different cold cranking amps and different cranking amps, and so that could be throwing things off in the system a little bit. Yeah, because I I did go down to the parts, the
3: auto place, to you know ask them before I did that, and I think they did check, you know, cold cranking amps and compared the two batteries, and other than one was the one that came out of the Hummer was kind of tall, but. I know you can't go off everything in auto place an <laughs> auto parts place, but uh and the one in the Hummer, I mean, working like a top. The one I took out of the Jeep and put in the Hummer. But I know that doesn't mean the one I took out of the Hummer is working in the Jeep.
1: Well right. Rebecca, yeah, we hope you get work. that all figured out. If you have a problem with your vehicle, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org it's open topic day today you contact us is your car under recall we have a list of ones that are you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio
4: Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We
1: are uh, You Could Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in in the state of Mississippi. Join
4: me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker.
1: Freak me out that you can come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside.
4: You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. It's an expensive
0: cycle.
5: Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction.
0: Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org.
1: To AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, we hope that you'll find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. There's only one recall for the week, but it's a big one. There's 129,000 2011 to 2016 Hyundai cars and SUVs recalled for engine issues. Affected vehicles include model year. 2012 Santa Fe SUVs, model year 2011 and 13, and 16 Sonata hybrid sedans, and model year 2015-16 Velocitor Coupes. To fix the issue, dealers will inspect the engine, and if bearing damage, bearings, damage is found, the engine will be replaced. We'll have the contact information for the recall on our information site for the program you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website gov slash recall and inputting your VIN number or find their Safer Car app we're talking about whatever you want today we've got a full bank of calls but as one finishes uh, the slot opens up our email address, where you can contact us anytime, is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Brandon, who's calling from Vicksburg. Brandon, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question?
6: Hey, good morning. Thank you very much. I, I love the show, and I always learn something from, from all the callers and definitely from from the, the fabulous mechanic we have. Um Actually, two questions. So the first one is I have a small uh, engine motorcycle, 150 cc, and I've gotten mixed, and it's brand new, so I've been riding around. I'm at the 500 mark, 500-mile 500 mark. Uh, what's a good time to change the oil for, like, the initial break-in period? Because it didn't come with a manual, and I've gotten all sorts of different numbers from friends and such.
2: I, it's a break-in period on bikes. Like it's, it's, it's only like 300 miles or something like that, isn't it? okay so you're the, the hearing different world. things but i've i've heard very it's very low mileage versus a car
6: uh oh okay so i'll change it right away then
2: yeah but because uh, i'm, I'm not, not don't i'm not expert on motorcycles so don't quote me on that right but um
5: yeah
2: what what uh make, what make was it again
6: well it's a it's a chinese motorcycle and it's like a remake of a Honda like they pretty much re- reverse engineered a Honda and
2: uh, Oh, okay. Um, and there's no way to get information on that. So,
7: (laughs) yeah.
2: Uh Huh? Uh, Is there a forum for it? Maybe.
6: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm sure there must be. I can check.
2: Surely there is, and then I'd get on there and and, uh, sign up and log in and get a user ID and all that, and see about asking people in the forum if what they think uh, it is or trying to trying to get a user manual somewhere surely there's a manual to the vehicle
6: right yeah I got to dig that up maybe it didn't come with it physically but I'm sure on the internet could I ask uh, another quick question like about cars um, kind of a fun, a fun question uh, so I have a, an old bike that I have the antique vintage plates and I thought how cool it'd be to get a car with antique vintage plates um, and I used to have, like, an old Toyota Tercel, four-speed, four-cylinder, and I swear it got, like, 60 miles to the gallon because it was so light. Is there something you'd recommend, like, an old car that you would love to work on and that you think is reliable and, is, you know, meets the over-20-year-old mark?
2: Yeah, um, pretty much any Japanese car. As you see, there's still a lot of them on the road, that, and they'll yeah. have the antique tags on there. Um and and other than that, you know, you get into cars that maybe are more problematic but are fun, like uh, muscle cars and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, but they are are worth it for the fun factor. But I've, there's, there's a running joke in the mechanic world or, or in the car enthusiast world that you get a muscle car, you're pretty much going to have to work on it a lot. But you can get like a little Japanese or or even the old BMWs. Some of the older BMWs hmm. are really renowned for their reliability. Um, so you know there there are cars out there that are worth it, that are are not going to be as problematic, and um, would be a lot of fun. And you can put a vintage tag on. Cool. Hey, thank you
6: very much, and uh, I love. You're the- very welcome.
3: Awesome.
1: Thanks, Brandon. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Mikey in Mobile. Mikey, what you got for us today? Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect.
5: Oh, thanks for being on the air again, man. Um, uh, I got a tip first, I hope. And uh, second, I've got a question uh, relating to calls by previous callers. Um, the tip is the lady that was talking, you know, and I think, I, I'm so glad that you pointed it out. Um, to have a small a truck that you can't get in and out of or a van or whatever. Um, the tip is to uh, get... This is the season now where things are being shipped in cardboard. Keep those large pieces of cardboard and put them down in the area near the cab. As, or You can double them or triple them with, with minimal you know space being taken up. Then you can slide them down to the, where the uh, tailgate is and the other tip is and or you know coordinate them with the maps the kind that you get at the you know the you know the local kind of big box stores that sell tools and auto parts and things like that for a very reasonable price they fit together like a puzzle they're great those and or the other part is gardeners knee pads that you can get at discount stores these things are fantastic knee savers all three of them
1: fantastic that's can, great what what's your uh, what was your second comment or question
5: my second qu- my question is how does how do you go about finding uh, someone who is i would call a reconstructive mechanic who or sh- and or shop shop and mechanic who works on older model vehicles, who is honest and realistic?
2: You have to call around and ask, I guess. Um, I had an old car, a sob that um, a friend of mine wanted me to work on, and um, I referred him to someone who was like a sob specialist, but I had to call around to find this person find a shop that would do it, and um and it took me, you know, a little bit of, of time, but I did find a place that that worked out really well for him. And um, so just you just have to call around, and this place may know someone, and this place may know someone, and you, and that's how it kind of happened for me, and and find it till you find um what you're looking for. They're not particularly advertised out there, and it's not real obvious. So I, I get where it's a little bit difficult to find what you're looking for with the right type of mechanic shop.
5: As I say, should you start with maybe auto parts stores?
2: Um, sometimes they will know
5: of a shop to recommend. All righty. Well, start is a good thing. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Mikey. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Cecil from Hattiesburg. Cecil, what's your comment or question for autocorrect?
8: I've got a question. Uh, I've got a 2010 F-150. I parked it the other day, and then uh, uh, today I get in in there, or yesterday I tried to get in there, and nothing works. No lights. No, nothing. I put a battery charger on it. It ran for a little while. said the battery was charged. I've tried jumping it off. I've cleaned the battery terminals. I know it's got to be a fuse, but I don't know which one. Um,
2: It may be a fuse, and you can check those just to be sure. And, uh, you know, you just have to pull them and look at them. You can also check the resistance on them to see if they have um, continuity through the fuse to mm-hmm. double check them. And if you know how to use a multimeter, that's one thing I you do. can do. Okay. And and but you're you're after charging the vehicle up, you're still not able. You're getting no lights or anything whatsoever.
8: No lights. No. The only thing when you turn the ignition on. The, the gauges don't even work, uh, but there's a, a little uh, seatbelt light that comes on, and that's it. Huh. Um,
2: well, without looking at it myself, um, I'm thinking your your battery's gone completely bad, but it seems like it wouldn't do it that quickly so or that well. it would taper off more.
5: Yeah. and that you'd even be able to charge
2: it and get get a jump on it and get it started again. So
5: well, even check your fuses. You're,
2: you're, I think you're in the right direction with that.
8: Right. Even if you uh, hook the jumper cables to it and try to jump it off, it, it's still the lights won't come on or nothing.
2: Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I would check the fuses. I think you're headed in the right direction with looking at those and seeing if something
8: something okay is uh, flame. all right and uh, what kind of uh, continuity should I uh, get through those should it be open or, or uh, uh, should it have some some resistance
2: you know, uh, it should just beep and show that it's got continuity through there and it, and okay. you know you have the, uh, the the little alarm that goes off on your multi tester It's just beep, but it's got continuity through there. As far as resistance, there's probably going to be no resistance, but it won't be out of limits, O-L, right? right? Okay. All
8: right. Well, thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Cecil. We appreciate you calling in. Allison, what happens if an animal eats something in your car? How do you know if that's a problem?
2: Good question. Uh, <laughs> you'll have a problem of some sort that's related to it, and um, and you, maybe your car doesn't start or something like that. Because, um, you know... Then you'd have to track it down of where they ate, where, you know, where the problem is. Usually you can just look at your car and see where they have been nesting up or bringing acorns and that sort of thing, and you can kind of pinpoint where they've been and... Um, you
1: know, I know my my, my months sister's months. had two cars and my brother's had one car where the critters have gotten in and eaten it. And I guess I was wondering with Cecil, you know, if, if it worked yesterday and it doesn't work today, then, you know, if uh, batteries usually taper and this was an abrupt thing, I just wonder if he didn't have a rogue chipmunk, Chippendale or... Something.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah that's that is likely they are very active right now
1: our email address where you can send a question is auto at org. it's an open topic show today what's an unreliable car not to buy that's next you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio for listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio allison walker the lady auto mechanic is our expert i'm liz gill we hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone the mpb public media app in addition to listening to our show on the mpb public media app you can click on the support button and make a contribution because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy so thank you so much for your contributions to mississippi public broadcasting Consumer Reports has given the label, never buy, to 30 used cars. Today, we're going to caution you about the Chevrolet Suburban. It had an especially bad run of reliability between 2014 and 16. For all three years, the big SUV rated far below average compared to the other vehicles in the class, Poor fit and finish issues plagued these models, as did problems with power windows and audio systems. At least three recalls hit the 2015 model. Earlier Suburbans to avoid would include the 2007 and the 2008 edition. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car suggests Consumer Reports carcompliance.com is another resource for unreliable car lists but if you're interested in reviews of new cars casey williams is the automotive correspondent for wfyi in indianapolis he's also on youtube auto casey and his review this week is on the 2021 mazda cx5 and the 2021 Genesis G90. We're talking about whatever you want today. It's an open-topic show. Email your questions, auto at mpbonline.org. we got a full slate of calls, Allison. We're going to start with Matthew from Jackson. Matthew, thanks so much for hanging on. What's your comment or question for AutoCorrect?
7: Uh, Yes, I have a 2006 Toyota Prius. I've been having trouble with it. Um, And my local mechanic that I've been using doesn't seem to be very confident in in a hybrid. Uh, And I was just wondering if uh, you had any suggestions for a good local mechanic, preferably not a dealership, that would be a good place to take it to.
2: And where was it you live at?
7: In the Jackson metro area.
2: In the Jackson area. My shop can handle... um, Handle that situation. Uh, what is it doing exactly? Or,
7: um, well, when I, it, it's just not wanting to take the, the batteries. You just don't like on the display on the main display. You know, it, it doesn't seem like the electric motor is is charging the battery to make it run as a hybrid vehicle. It just seems like it's wanting to only run via the gas, and then it and it has big giant triangle of death on it as well
2: okay well you may be due for a hybrid battery and um if you want um you can you can actually would be nice is if you emailed us with your information and i can contact you back and and help you out with that i'm actually having the same problem with my prius so you know it's it's uh, a hybrid it need, it probably needs the hybrid battery. Thankfully yours is still letting you crank it up and run it on mine, I'm having to clear the code every time I drive it
7: yeah. Matthew.
1: Matthew, I'm, I'm what I'm going to let I'm you do
7: it to a jump box and, and then being able to, to run it, but not very very far, of course.
1: Matthew, what I'm going to let you do is we're going to put you back on hold and we're going to have our call screener Jay take down your information so that we can get it to Allison and she can help you off the air with this. Okay. All right.
7: Thank you very much. Thank, thank you for a great show.
1: Oh, uh, Matthew, we we do it for you. Thanks. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Becky in Fulton. Becky, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect. What is your comment or question for our mechanic, Allison?
9: Well, first of all, I'd like to wish Allison a happy birthday. Um, thank you. And, oh, you're welcome. And the second thing I wanted, I wanted to ask about, I've just got a, a 2009 CRV, and I'm so excited. It's got 120,000 miles on it, but it's like uh, as they say, it's just getting broken in. so uh, but I and it, but my question is just does, does that particular model can you get I mean I like I know like the newer CRVs, you can get one of those cameras where like when you turn on the blanker that it uh, that you can see your blind spots, and I don't know whether or not you know I mean it, this particular one does not have that, and I don't know whether or not it's uh something that old. You know the older models if they even have that.
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I assume you can, but that's a that's a definitely a question for Google right there. Uh, okay. Or, sorry, you know, to search for it on the internet and see. Um, I actually have not heard of a camera that did that, so that's new to me. That's that's pretty neat. So, but but there there may be if they have it where you can do aftermarket reverse cameras on your car with the screen and everything, then I would think that they would have them for this turn signal um, that, you know, that you can get for your car, too, I would I would assume. So, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, like when you turn
9: right, you know, I mean, you automatically see, you know, the side of the, the vehicle and everything to avoid avoid hitting anybody, and I just, I love it. But, um, well, thank you so much. I, I just... Uh, I'm really excited about my, my new for me car. So,
1: um, and I appreciate I love listening to y'all. I appreciate your help. Thanks, yeah, Becky. I- we we do it for you, and you know I think Allison is is right. You know we when we've had some of these new car um, experts on, they've talked about a lot of the base models come wired for the collision mitigation system or the you know the some of the safety things and they just aren't put on the on some of the aren't put on all the models but they're wired for it so you could just plug it in but you will need to make uh, allison what about the car complaints or these car forums that you've mentioned before
2: Oh, yeah, I love carcomplaints.com, so you can look at your individual vehicle and see for that year what problems that other people have had with it. And NHTSA reports on there, too. The National Highway Traffic Safety Association reports on there also. So you got the government reports and you got individual reports, and uh, it's a it's a great website. I love it.
1: Right, and, you know, maybe some of the forums might mention if they've added on any of the extra safety features so uh, good luck with that becky we appreciate you calling in we are going to take our last break of the hour It's an open topic day. We've got a couple of phone calls waiting for us. But remember, you can always send us your email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? We're going to tell you super quick next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the Lady Auto Mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Allison, this will make us sad because you are such a great proponent of everybody keeping your owner's manual handy so that you know what to do. But the only physical material about the vehicle that will be provided for free in the 2021 F-150 and Mach E will be a booklet on how to perform certain critical activities, such as what to do if the vehicle has run out of power. It's about the quarter of the size of the previous owner's manual and will include information on how to jumpstart the vehicle or how to change the tire, for example. Full copies of the physical manual. Will be available for purchase, though Ford hasn't said yet w- set a price for that.
2: Hey, now they can they can afford a thirty-dollar book to put in a glove compartment that gives you all the information <laughs> no
1: spare tire no no owner's manual <laughs>
2: Ugh, goodness no i don't like that <laughs> all
1: right let's uh, run through our calls real quick let's go to maxwell who's called in from tupelo maxwell what's your comment or question for allison
8: oh uh, my comment is the people that's having problems with rolling getting in their cars and on top of their cars. Just take some cayenne pepper and just sprinkle it just enough where you can barely see, and that will solve the problem.
1: Awesome. Cayenne. Yeah. My sister's gotten to where every time she goes to visit my mama, she's got yes. some kind of skunk sprayer. I don't know what she sprays all the way around the car and on the engine to keep folks away from it.
8: Yes. That cayenne pepper, don't cost nothing, but it will do the trick. Any kind of rope that gets on your car, up under the hood, anything. Maxwell,
1: I am so glad that you shared that with us. We're going to remind folks about that. Thanks. All right. Let's go to Les in DeSoto County. Les, what's your comment or question for Allison for us today?
4: Uh, Good morning, ladies. Uh, I'm sure you're aware that the United Kingdom is planning on eliminating most, if not all, petroleum or diesel-driven vehicles by 2030. I personally think that's extraordinarily optimistic, um, well, apart from manufacturing the things, where they're going to get them, where they're going to get the batteries. And also, there's going to be a great deal of resistance from more traditional drivers, including me in that. What do you ladies think of that?
1: Alison? Allison, what do you think about uh, only new electric cars beginning in 2030 in the UK?
2: I think that is optimistic. Um, I think we need more time than that. like he's talking about sourcing the the battery um, materials that we need to make the batteries that that's that's been a lot of the problem with electric cars so far. We would have already probably had a lot more on the road now if we could source the the battery products that it takes to make them um so that's a problem so yeah that's that is optimistic uh it'd be nice if we could and do that the thing is that emissions are so bad with cars that it 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 is necessary it does create a tremendous amount of smog and particulates in the air and it is a necessary thing but um and it's going to be hard to implement by by 2030. It'll be interesting to watch the U.K. and see how that goes.
1: Les, I heard an NPR uh, expert, and he really made the NPR guy chuckle, saying that electric vehicles won't make it in America until the battery life can go longer than a human's bladder.
4: Uh, Well, it's an interesting comparison, but... um... Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I think the other thing is is that there, there will be resistance from more traditional drivers. I mean, I would, when I was in my youth, I mean, I used to drive a Morgan and uh, that would horrify anybody an environmentalist today. But um, no, I was just curious as to what you would think of it, because I don't see it happening in the United States for many, many, many years. Um, Partly because retooling them, or to manufacturing plants. I mean, it's there are so many things in the way that 2030, even for Great Britain, which is the fifth of size of um, population of, of the United States, and it's I'm, I'm going to watch it with interest, but uh, I don't see it happening by 2030, or even by 2040 or 50, for that matter. Anyway, thank you for your, your opinion, ladies.
1: Thanks, Les. We appreciate you calling in. Yeah, ten years to make such a major change. Uh, I don't. I don't know that people can do that. Let's see if we can get Harry done real quick. Harry, quickly. What is your comment or question for Allison?
8: I've got a Chevrolet uh, pickup with. Uh front tires with thirty thousand miles on them and I just noticed that I got extreme wear on the inside. <clears throat> I've got an appointment tomorrow to get the front end of line, but my question is, can I swap those two front tires?
5: Um
2: what do you mean uh, yeah, ro- ro- for rotate, different rotate. No, just rotate those two
8: front tires. Swap the left to the right and the right to the left.
2: Yeah, you can do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Okay, that's what I needed
1: to know. Oh, well, there you go. That was easy, Harry. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Allison, I had a question super quick about something that you mentioned earlier when you were talking with Cecil about fuses. How do you, when you look at a fuse, what can you see to know that a fuse is bad?
2: You can literally see where the fuse has popped, and it'll be... It'll have a chunk out of it, it's separated, and you will not have continuity through it anymore. It'll be out of limits on a resistance test with a multimeter. The multimeter will say OL out of limits because the resistance is so high Um, because there's there's no flow of electricity through the fuse anymore. So it'll look blown. They're usually generally really obvious. Okay. Sometimes they're not, but and then that continuity test will help with those. But most of the time, you can see it really well.
1: Well, that's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Jay White has been our call screener. And, man, we just couldn't do anything without Michelle McAdoo for Allison Walker look at her Facebook photos they're they're fantastic she, these racing photos you posted you look like you are having so much fun Allison's also on Twitter and Instagram as the lady auto mechanic I'm Liz Gill please join us each Thursday at 10 a.m. Central time for autocorrect on MPB think radio.
0: an MPB Think Radio podcast